we need to talk about Landstar's percentage. I saw something today that really made me realize how important an issue this is. And it's something I've tried to figure out how to really accurately describe. I'm going to be honest here and, and let you know that this is something that really and truthfully I did not understand myself. And there's a couple of foundational things that we need to talk about to make sure that we can accurately describe this issue. Okay, the industry standard, okay, is, is pretty much that there's somewhere between, you know, and 60 and 80 percent split, regardless of who you're with. I've personally had contracts that were 65 or 67 percent, and then the remainder of that line haul, which is, you know, the fuel surcharge always goes to the truck. But somewhere between 65 and 67 percent is what the truck gets paid in a relationship where you're leased to a carrier. So the carrier keeps 32 to 35%. The truck gets the rest. Now, we have to make sure that we compare apples to apples here and not apples to oranges because you have to understand that a carrier, if one has one truck or a carrier has 10,000 trucks, or 20,000 trucks, a carrier is a carrier. So if you go to the government and you apply for an authority to get your own numbers so that you can go out in the marketplace and behave as a carrier, the government sees you as one truck the exact same way they see Swift with 25,000 trucks or however many they have now. As an entity, you're the same. You are a carrier. You have all the right, the responsibilities of a carrier. If you're Swift or if you're one guy, Bob's Trucking Company, you have the exact same responsibilities and requirements that any other carrier in the United States has. So you have to have insurance. You have to have cargo liability insurance, which is insurance that covers the cargo and insurance that covers the liability while you're going down the road as a truck and a trailer. You have to have a drug testing program or you have to join what's called a drug consortium which can be done through OIDA and all kinds of different places. You have to have all the proper licenses and permits. You have to bill so you have to figure out how you're going to get paid. So either you're going to use a factoring company which a lot of people will unless they can wait whatever the terms are on that contract 30 60 90 days for the check to come in you've got to be able to operate in the amount of time that it takes you to get paid or you can factor so cargo liability insurance billing compliance permits licenses all this you have to have okay no way around it and right now in this environment if you go from zero to authority, insurance is going to be really expensive. It's not impossible. Lots of people do it. And that, the point of this video is not to tell you not to get your authority. But we do have to understand what's real and what's not. Okay? So, Landstar, Schneider, Swift, J.B. Hunt, and you. Okay? 
Y'all have to have the same exact requirements. In a situation where I have a truck and I lease the truck to that carrier, then the contract is going to stipulate what part of all that we just talked about is the carrier going to take up, take care of, and what do I have to take care of? Okay. Well, in addition to what we talked about before, I have to have some sort of worker's comp, that, depending on the state you live in, or you can use an occupational accident uh, if you're a single truck operation. You have to have bobtail and physical damage insurance, which is insurance that covers you for liability while you're bobtail when you're not hooked to a trailer. When you're hooked to a trailer, you're covered by the carrier's insurance. When you're bobtail, you're covered by your bobtail insurance. Then you have to have physical damage, which is like the collision insurance you have on your car. If something happens to the truck, there's physical damage. That insurance covers that. Then, depending on the contract, sometimes carriers will provide you a plate, which is, you know, depending on the state and how many states you authorize it for, $1,600, $1,800 a year. Permits. I had one contract where the permits were all provided. You didn't pay anything for them. And here, I think it's 200 bucks a year, right? And you, so you have to have a base plate. You have to have permits. Um, all this stuff, regardless if you're leased to a carrier or if you are a carrier, you have to have all this stuff. So somebody has to pay for this stuff somewhere along the way. Then you have your truck and your fuel and your maintenance and your you know, driver expense, payroll, taxes, all, all of this stuff. You have to pay your 2290, which is your federal heavy use tax and fuel taxes, all this stuff has to be done regardless if you are leased or if you are a carrier. Okay, When we lease to a carrier, we transfer some of that responsibility to the carrier in exchange for a percentage of the money. Okay, Now, where I have a real problem with people's discussion and vocabulary on this subject is they will say Landstar takes 35% of my money. Okay? That's that's where that's the sticking point for me. Okay? Number 1, it's not your money. It's the cargo liability insurance company's money. Who's going to pay them? Who's going to pay the agent? Who's going to pay for all of the corporate departments that take care of all the things that we talked about in the beginning of the video? Who's going to pay for all that stuff? If you're a carrier, you have to do it yourself. Your labor has a value. Now, again, there are a lot of single truck owner operators in this country who are successful. Okay, They're also busy because they have all of this to take care of and they are solely responsible for it. They have to be able to prove that they're in the drugs testing consortium. They have to prove they have all the permits. They have to prove they have all the licenses. They have to have all of their ducks in a row. When they pull into the scale house, they have to have their uh, all their ducks in a row just like everybody else. The, and they are solely responsible for the thing. As, a, as someone leased a Landstar, I roll in the scale house. I pull out the permit book. I have All I've had to do is verify that it's there. They send me the permits. They make sure everything's in compliance. They do the drug testing. They have the cargo liability insurance. I don't have to mess with any of that. Okay? But we have got to get away from this idea that somehow that 35% belongs to you. Because it doesn't. 
where does it really go? Okay, well, we know that if you come to Landstar with a trailer, you get an additional 7%. So your truck gets 65%, your trailer gets 72%, that leaves 28. Okay, so that means, that tells me, this is my own calculation, that it doesn't cost Landstar a penny more than 7% to provide us with a trailer fleet. If they're willing to give me 7% if I have my own trailer and I don't use their trailer fleet, then I would I would have to assume that their trailer fleet cost them 7%. Okay? So now we go from 65 to 72. So if your truck, you have a truck, it gets 65. You have a trailer, it gets 7. Okay? Agents gotta get paid. Okay? Depending on the agent's individual contract, I've heard all kinds of different stuff, but a 7 to 10%, something like that. I'm, I'm not privy to agent contracts, but the agent has to get paid. The agent gets paid from that 35%. So let's just use 7%, for example. Truck gets 65, trailer gets 7, the agent gets 7. Okay, that leaves 21%. What do we get for that 21%? Cargo liability insurance. We get a billing department, we get a hazmat department, we get a permit department, then we get all the other stuff they give us. They take care of the Qualcomm, they take care of or, you know, the, the regulatory side of the Qualcomm. We pay a little rental fee or something, uh, but it's not much. They take care of all the fuel taxes. They take care of all the regulatory stuff, the billing, okay? If you're a single truck carrier, you are, you're going to do one of two things. You are going to book a load with a broker and you're going to factor, which means the factoring company is going to take some percentage of that rate to cover the risk and they're going to pay you immediately. Or you can wait, bill the customer, and it's 30, 60, 90 days, however long you've got in the contract, and then they'll send you a check, we hope. Then if they don't send you a check, then you've got to go after them to try to get paid. Here, we deliver a load on Monday, the truck gets paid on Wednesday period. We scan the paperwork in, we get paid. So there is a value, there is some monetary value in not having to factor and not having to wait. There's some value there. We have access to LCAP where we get huge discounts on tires. Larry has said on the podcast before that he is a Michelin Advantage something other member and it's close, but it's not as good as LCAP. Okay? If you're a single truck owner operator with your own authority, you've got to figure out a way to get fuel discounts. You can join NASTIC and you can get a fuel card. A lot of there's a lot of paperwork involved there, a lot of clerical work that you've got to do. Here, Landstar gives us a fuel card and access to arguably the best volume fuel discounts in the industry. I've not seen it personally, but I've, I've heard a lot of anecdotal evidence of people comparing Nastic to Landstar, and, and it's, it's close, if not better, okay? So that's billing, insurance, compliance, fuel discounts, and access to LCAP, which is parts, tires, computers, all that kind of stuff. All of this stuff has a monetary value, okay? So you cannot say that Landstar is taking 
35% of your money because if it wasn't for Landstar, you would be paying that money to someone else. Now, why do we choose to be leased rather than have our own authority? It's really simple. It comes down to risk. We have decided as a fleet that we will partner with a carrier and we will exchange a certain percentage of the revenue with them in order to receive those services and have those provided to us. Now we have said and will continue to say there may come a point in the growth of our fleet that we can look and say okay we have enough trucks and we make enough money that we can afford to pay for all that stuff on our, on our own. And we may make that decision, but it is our belief, it is my belief personally, that if you want to be an owner-operator and you believe that you have what it takes and you have the aptitude and the attitude to do that, then I believe the logical first step is to go to a carrier and let them handle all that while you learn everything else that comes with being an owner-operator, which is managing your business, learning rate, uh, rates and lanes, learning how to make money. If you go from company driver to independent op operator with your authority, that is a huge leap. Now, it's not impossible. Lots of people do it. Lots of people do it well. Lots of people fail. Okay? that That's a, that's a straight-up fact. Coming to Landstar is not an automatic not fail. Getting your own authority is not an automatic not fail. It's also not an automatic succeed. What started me, well, what started me down this path was a bunch of conversations that I had with people. But what I saw yesterday, I'm going to read this. I saw a GoFundMe pop up. Now, sidebar here. GoFundMe is a really, really cool um, development in, in the market because people can raise their hand and say, I have a need, and people can freely choose whether or not they want to assist with that need. Okay? And I have used, I didn't use GoFundMe, I used another one called You Caring, I think back in 2015. And I think we used the you caring because the fees were a little less. Okay, But I've done this. I have done this. And I did it because I was in a really, really bad position when my engine blew up and I had no money. And so I talked it over with my wife. I wrote up a description of what we were needing to do and the position we were in. And we put it out there and out for people to voluntarily decide whether or not they wanted to help us. And people responded, and they did help us. So first of all, I want to be very clear, I am not criticizing this guy for making a GoFundMe. That's because I did that. I needed it, and it helped me. It was a huge help, and it saved us, okay? But there's some stuff in here that has to be discussed. So the uh, the title is trucking company startup and the goal is $12,000. So I'm going to read you what is put on this public website. 
trying to get away from Landstar because they are taking way too big a cut, 35%. And their agents are underbidding freight to the point where it's nigh on impossible to stay afloat. Seeking $12,000 to finish the transition into running under my own authority. This will allow me to purchase insurance, pay for my plates, and cover a couple weeks of truck payments while I get going, as well as cover some fuel to run on for the first couple weeks. Okay, so let's break this down. Trying to get away from Landstar because they're taking way too big a cut, 35%. This guy has discovered a problem of some sort. He's obviously having a, a problem making it and he sees the alternative to being leased to Landstar as having his own authority okay so he's saying I need that 35 percent so that <clears throat> I can do what I want to do okay well he's gonna have to take that 35 percent he's gonna leave Landstar and go over to out into the open market where he's gonna have to negotiate with brokers find direct freight, sales, do sales calls, cold calls. He's, he's got a lot of work ahead of him because he wants that 35% back from Landstar. And then he's got to take that 35% and then some. He's going to be a brand new entrant. And he's going to go into, you know, he, this $12,000, if it says... Uh, uh, pay insurance, pay for my plates, and cover a couple of weeks of truck payments while I get going, and some fuel to run on for the first couple of weeks. Okay, so let's say his truck payment is $600 a week. Okay, so he's wanting this for a couple of weeks. That's $1,200. He needs to pay for his plates. That's probably another $1,600. Now we're at $2,800. Uh, he needs some fuel to run on for the first couple of weeks. So that's probably another $2,000. So now we're at $4,800, and we've got. And the plan is to have $12,000, and let's just round it up and say $5,000 is going to cover those expenses. That leaves $7,000 to buy insurance with. Now, if you're watching this and you've ever quoted insurance, you're going to be lucky very, very, very fortunate to find insurance for a truck and a trailer for a $7,000 down payment. You're probably going to need fifteen dollars or $20,000 down to pay on that insurance. Maybe not. You know, maybe you can find a way. Maybe you can get a deal. But we, y'all, We've got to stop saying, I don't want Landstar to take 35% and then turn around and pay 50% out to keep from paying 35% to Landstar. Even if it's equal, okay? Even if it's dead equal. And I'm going to stop giving Landstar 35% so I can pay 35% to do all this on my own. Look at what you would be giving up. Fuel discounts, LCAP, agent network, uh billing permits and compliance all the stuff that you get you also get that blue star on the side of your truck let me promise you when you go into the scale house seeing that blue star on the side of the truck changes the DOT officer's attitude but if you go in there as a one truck operation with Billy Bob's trucking on the side of it I, 
that's just not a risk I'm willing to take. I don't have an issue with someone saying, well, Landstar takes for 35%. I think I could do it for 25%. Okay. That is, if you have done the math, and if you have taken the time to consider not only the cost of the services you're buying, but the time you're going to spend in it, because what we can't do, and I've been really, really guilty of this in my life, is to say, well, I don't have to pay somebody else to do it, and I can do it myself, but then I don't put any value on my time. Well, what's the point of being in business if you're not going to get paid for the time that you're putting into something? Sure, I can do it for free and not have to pay someone else to do it, but if it's two hours a week, five hours a week, ten hours a week, my time has to have a value. You can't work for free and call it a success. And granted, again, I've been I've been as guilty as anybody else of doing this and saying, well, you know, well, I could do that myself, and not have to pay somebody. But then I'm just doing more work for the same amount of money. That's dumb. But if you have taken the time, you've gone and, and it, it, of course, it's hard to get insurance quotes without an actual number. It's, it's, it's kind of hard to walk down the path and really, really get there. But if you did the due diligence and you say, okay, I can get my own fuel card, I can set up my own business and have everything in place that needs to do this and I could make 10% more than if I was at Landstar, I'd say go ahead. But, see, there's one more intangible here that you're not thinking about. When I go on the Landstar board or talk to a direct customer or direct agent, I know what that load pays because it's right there. With the exception of third-party stuff can waver a little bit, but direct party, direct freight, direct customer, single party, I I know exactly what it pays because it says it right there. I don't have to, there's no negotiating there's no question. That's what it pays. I do not believe for a second that even I, with the experience that I have, could go into the open market and generate the same revenue on my own that I could going through Landstar. I could be wrong because I've never done it. And somebody's welcome to comment down below and say, well, I'm a single truck owner operator and I'm doing, okay, that's fine. And I would love to compare numbers, you know, real numbers. But it comes down to how are you assigning the value? If someone, if person A is leased to Landstar or Mercer or leased to a carrier and person B says, I'm an independent carrier with my own authority, and then these people start talking about how one's better than the other one. Well, what are you using to measure? What's your measuring stick? Is it taxable income? You know, is it net profit? Is it rate per mile? Is it home time? How are you how are you comparing which one is better than the other one? And that's why I don't like to get into the game of, well, I'm you know, I'm leased to a carrier, I'm better than this guy, or this guy over here saying, Well, I'm not giving my money away. It's all subjective. I'm I'm right now at 
that blue ribbon, I'm working as a company driver on percentage. And I beat my best year as a leased operator by $22,000. Again, what's the measuring stick? I made 75, 76,000 net profit my best year at Landstar. Last year as a company driver, I made 98. Well, if the measuring stick is net income, I'm better off being a company driver. But I know that if I could go back to having my own truck, knowing what I know now, that 75 would have turned into 150. You know, but see, I didn't have the right perspective. I didn't have the right attitude. I, I didn't know how to arrange the pieces in the right way. Back then, I could have made the 98,000 and then some. Because had I been a BCO last year, that 98 would have been at least 150. So I have to challenge the notion of why you want to be leased or why you want to be a carrier. Because if you want to be a carrier, you're, you're dipping your toe in some very, very deep water. You're competing with Knight Swift and U.S. Express and Covenant and, and all the other hundreds of thousands of carriers. Here, I'm competing with 10,000. You know, my I'm not really sure that my goal is to own a trucking company. Maybe. I know my goal is to own a fleet, a fleet of trucks. But if I own a fleet of trucks, it doesn't really matter if they're leased or if they're under their own authority. I, I, what I'm getting at is if, if let's say we're going to use net profit to measure the success, the stick, measuring stick. I now believe that we're talking about percentage points. We're talking about pennies per mile difference. If you're a really, really, really good independent owner-operator and you really got your stuff together and you're a really, really good person leased to Landstar, I just don't, I, knowing what I know now, I just don't believe, you know, 5%, 7%, 10%, maybe, you know? So it comes down to what's that value? Let's say it's 10%, okay? Let's say a really good, really high quality, motivated, hardworking, independent owner-operator with their own authority can make 10% more than somebody leased to Landstar. If you don't put some sort of value on that 10%, because you're doing work to get there. You're doing a lot more work than I am, right? That 10% has to have enough value for it to be worth it for the amount of time. Now, if it's 10% lower, we've got a whole different conversation going on there, right? But what if it's even? What if it's dead even? By whatever metric, rate per mile, taxable income, what if it's even? Well, then you're doing a lot of work for free. 
Okay, so I'm not saying any of this to shame anybody out of being an independent owner-operator. If that's what you want to do, and that just just the level of freedom is worth it, then by all means, go do it. You know, if just saying, just the pride, it could just be the pride of saying, I'm not leased to a carrier, I have my own truck, I have my own trailer, I have my own numbers, and I'm free. Rock and roll, brother. Go get some. But how about we stop shaming people that make different choices than you do because you don't understand what they're doing and why they're doing it. If at the end of the day, I have met all my goals and I did it on 225 a mile, it's none of your damn business what I did, how I did it, and who I did it with. Nor is it my business how you got to where you are. That's what matters. But please stop please stop saying that money that belongs to other people belongs to you and calling it yours. That makes you a thief. Because that 35% in that contract that you signed on day one, regardless of what Landstar spends that money on, it's not yours. It doesn't belong to you. It'll never belong to you. You sign a voluntary contract that says my truck is going to get 65% and Landstar is going to get 35%. And by the way, if we're going to just bore in on the vocabulary, the truck gets paid 65%. You don't get paid 65%. The truck does. Then you're the owner of the truck. You have to pay for the fuel and the tires and the maintenance and all the stuff. And whatever's left over belongs to you. But that's an important distinction to make. Landstar does not take 35% of the money. Landstar exchanges a very long list of services for that 35%. Don't ever forget that.